God's plan often requires us to extend beyond our current state. To broaden ourselves in him in order to become more effective for his kingdom. It's not always comfortable. We feel the tension, the desire to return to our original shape. But once we yield to the expansion of the spirit, we can't go back to the way that we were. We've become a new version of ourselves. It may feel tight at first, but we're being fitted for something bigger, something more. We may feel some pressure, but in the end, we'll find that it's because we've grown. That's just how it goes when God needs us to stretch. for the word of the Lord. Amen. I am so glad that you braved the cold so that you can hear word from Frosty the Snowman. That's kind of way it is with we Caribbean tropical weather kind of people. There is a word that I can never say too much of, the need. I'm going to, you know the word is Jesus, but the great need of the church is the word prayer, prayer. I know they mentioned it earlier, but I got to tell you that the Bible says, If we don't pray, we'll faint. And I ought to tell you that we have to set aside time ever so often. Get away from just uh, God is great, God is good kind of pray. Got to get on a prayer until we shake heaven. Till we run the devil off. Till we are sanctified in our souls. We'll begin that next Sunday evening for four evenings, one hour each evening or longer if we need to. I, I want to plead with you. If you ever come to a church event, come to these evenings of prayer because it'll do you better first before it does others. So I beseech you, implore you, threaten you. Come. On the screen, please, you'll find a text. And it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Departing from evil will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. 
Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is the second series of stretch. So I come prepared to help you to stretch and me to stretch at the same time. I need your prayers and I want it, so reach your hand this way. Come on, pray a little louder than you normally do and let's, let's drive that devil away. If noise will do it, let's do it. Joy and peace and power in the Holy Ghost. I need revelation. I need impartation. I need inspiration. God, if you uh, don't want me to say anything in this second service that I said in the first, let me forget it. If you want me to say something here that I did not in the first, help me to remember it. God, I don't want to bore people by just talking or I want to entertain people by just because I want to keep them aware. You quicken our minds for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. So this is the business of stretch. This is what our church is experiencing. And we all together, maybe in our personal life, we're being stretched. Pastor J.C. is in Maryland this morning, and he's preaching to his congregation, Go Church. We chatted this morning, and it's very cold in Maryland, and I'm so glad I'm in Georgia. <laughs> However, in this business of stretching, by the end of March, I will move side, and he... And Kimberly, their family, will assume the role of lead pastor. Now, Kimberly is our daughter. I just got to get used to calling her first lady. She's little lady is what she is. But we're, we're being stretched because this is what the Lord spoke to my heart for the next level of this church. I'd like to tell you, in bringing you here by the grace of God for 33 years, I'm stretched out. You know? Uh, so I'm going to have to get me a new rubber band. But it's been a joy. However, I, I need to prepare you for that. And to tell you that I know that you have some concerns and questions and apprehensions, and my responsibility is to point to you that if God brought us this far, and this church is 43 years in existence, God will not bring his church this far and abandon it. Amen. Any church that has been serving and in existence for a reasonable length of time has experienced stretching. Amen. And so the book of Proverbs tells us some of the spiritual exercises that we can experience individually as well as a church. Now, now here's what we believe from the Word of God. God has a perfect plan for every single one of us. God has a purpose and destiny for we at large and we individually. But as God's plan and His will 
for our lives unfold, he's going to stretch us beyond our current reality. And that type of stretching is not going to be always comfortable. Because God is wanting to take you from where you are to where he is calling you to be to stretch you. God didn't create you to just get up every morning, get in your car and go to work and come back home and eat your dinner and go to bed every day and that's all you do. God has a purpose. He didn't create junk. He has a purpose for every one of us. And Sometimes that purpose means that we're going to be stretched. And when we feel the tension of being stressed, or stretched, pardon me, uh, the more tension we feel, the more we desire less pressure. The more tension we feel about God taking us to another level, the more we desire comfort and convenience. Can I get an amen? Last Sunday, Pastor J.C. referred us to Isaiah 54 and 2. And I know I don't have it on the screen. I don't think I do. Here's Isaiah 54 and 2 about this business of stretching. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. Everything about this verse tells us that God wants us to increase. You can have as much of God as you want. Yeah, that was a good thought, and I got about five amens. I don't know what you want in this world, but I want some things that last and last and last eternally. And so I'm telling you that in order for you and I to get more, we got to get moving. The, the truth of the matter is we all want blessings. We all want good health and good family and good jobs and good educations. But we can't have one without the other. We can't have all of these things we're yearning for if we're not willing to be stretched. Amen. You know, we can't all, God, I want this, God, I want that. God, I want the other thing, so stretch your hands repeatedly to me, God, and then your hands is in your pocket. I know where I'm going to, so I'll take the silence right now. I'll preach with a shout, and I'll preach all by myself. I took up the offering all by myself. I prayed all by myself, and I went home all by myself, so I can do it. You can't get the blessing without the stretching. stretching. Say amen, somebody. And, and so in saying that to you, I, I need to mention that last week you were told that there were seven spiritual stress, stretching exercises. And last week we talked about the first three of the seven. 
And so in thinking about where we came from, where we're going, let me highlight to you the first three by way of reminder from the book of Proverbs. Number one, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means that we cannot do a partial trusting and expect to be blessed overall. With all your heart means all your heart. You ever had somebody who's trying to train you or stretch you who, who say to you, put your back in it. Put your heart in it. Don't give me that halfway kind of stuff. If you want more, stretch. Give it a little bit. With all of your heart. <laughs> I can just hear me proposing to Valerie. I did that almost 40 years ago. And I kneeled down and I said, I want to give you half of my heart. (laughs) We expect God to be good and we got to be good. But all of my heart means I read my Bible. I pray. I witness. I grow. Okay, okay, here's, here's the next thought. Do not lean on your own understanding. Have you ever tried to lean on your own understanding? How'd that go? If you try to lean on your own understanding, it doesn't go far because our own understanding is very limited. We don't know everything. And so... We, we do not lean on our understanding. We say, God, I, I'm in a tight place. I'm in a struggle. I don't have answers. Uh, I, I'm just going to lean on you. Here's a third thought, please, from last week's lesson. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the Bible says, if you acknowledge God in every way of your life, if you acknowledge God and in your marriage, in your finances, in your job, in your family, if you acknowledge God in all of your life, He will direct your paths. How many know that we need to have more direction than what a GPS system gives us? How many of that system called ways sometimes loses its ways? Yeah. You end up in a watermelon patch in Alabama. Oh, sorry about that. I did end up that way one time, trusting that stuff. Let, let me show you the fourth thing. Now, this, this is the, the new thoughts from this verse that continues the series. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Somebody say amen. You know, being wise in your own eyes means that you are attempting to act independently from God. Uh, when did we come to know more than God? That's what's happened in America. <laughs> we know more than God. No wonder we are in the mess we are. We know more than God, so we took God out of the school system. We took the Bible out of the school system. We took the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse. Are we doing any better? I don't think so. So, so do not be wise in your own eyes means don't disregard the counsel and the advice 
of other people. God, God can use other people to give you some wisdom. Yeah. Sometimes the people you think are the dumbest people will get used by God. And sometimes you think the smartest people, they're dumb. Because any time wisdom takes you away from the truth of the Bible, that's dumb. I don't care if Dr. So-and-so said it or somebody said it a hundred years ago and they got ten books on it. If it disagrees with the wisdom of the word of God, throw it away. Do, do not be wise in your own eyes. The Holy Spirit brought this to me yesterday, and it's a familiar account, maybe to many of you, but I'm going to risk it saying it again. You remember Samson in the book of Judges? And if you've ever been to Sunday school for a period of time growing up, you know the story of Samson. I'm building a case now for do not be wise in your own eyes. Okay, that, that's where I'm going. Before Samson was born, an angel appeared to his mother. We don't have his mother's name in the Bible. We have his father's name, which is Manoah. His mother was barren. Sterile. No, that's not the right word, is it? What is the right word? Sterile? <laughs> they didn't have a clue. His mother was barren. And an angel appeared to her and said, you're going to have a son. He is going to be one of the deliverers of Israel. At that time, the pressing enemy of the people of God were the Philistines. The book of Judges is all about God raising up one judge, second, third, fourth, one ruler after another. But Samson becomes the judge and the physical deliverer. And so, having said that, the Lord says he's going to be a Nazarite of a particular select group. Nazarite means you don't cut his hair ever. He doesn't drink strong drink ever. Nazarite means that he doesn't come near or touch the carcass of an animal or human. Because if he does, he'll become defiled. God began to use Samson when he looked like a regular, uh, maybe a five foot, uh, eight inches tall guy. The, the Bible says and scholars says he wasn't a, a person of big frame and heavy and muscular. Just an everyday guy. But when the Holy Spirit would come on him, he could expect miracles. Uh, on, on one occasion, the Philistines, the enemy of Israel, uh, showed up to bring an attack against the people of God. There was 1,000 of them at least. And Samson picked up the jawbone of a donkey. And with the jawbone of a donkey and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the wisdom of God, he took that jawbone and uh, killed 1,000 Philistines. <laughs> I mean, God's got to be in that. huh? And the Bible says because he was human and flesh, he got so exhausted and thirsty. He said, God, I killed a thousand of the enemies and you're going to let me die from thirst. How many of you know God won't take you where he won't keep you? Ooh, I feel a whoop glory coming on. Okay, Samson. God dug a hole in the 
town called Lehi, L-E-H-I. Samson got down there with his face. If you're thirsty, you don't get a glass. You will stick your face in the water. Drank until his thirst was satisfied because he depended on God. Wasn't wise in his own eyes. I, I need to tell you, on another occasion, he went down uh, to a group of people chasing a woman who was not an Israelite and was forbidden from him, but he, he got there in the wrong place and uh, he thought he could, he could be okay. And, and, and the people of this uh, town, Timnah, Timnah, found out that he was in their walls and they knew that he was the enemy of the Philistines. And so Samson heard about it. The people said, when he gets up in the morning, it's nighttime and it's late. But when he arises in the morning, we're going to kill him. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson. He got up at midnight, went over to the gate of the city, massive gates. Maybe iron gates. And he picked them up over his head and he marched up the hill and threw it in the valley. That's the power of God. Oh, I, 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 got, I got to hurry and tell you this. Oh, these things are sermon by themselves. Samson was traveling down the road one day to another forbidden destination. You can't mix sin with salvation and expect salvation to stay. Unless you give it, anyhow, uh, going down the road, a lion comes out and attempts to attack Samson. Samson got a hold of the, of the lion's jaw and mouth and ripped it apart. The Bible says like a person with a, a kid goat. On, and he went to his destination. Maybe a day or two later, he returns on the same road. Going home, he looks in the carcass of this lion and there is honeycomb and he takes it out, eats some, it falls through his fingers, brings it to his mouth and he said my mom and dad like some of this it's not wise to bring other people into your junk they didn't hear that in the first service, you all get the benefit of that Come with me. He took some to his mom and dad and they enjoyed it, but he didn't tell them where he got it. He violated the touching of a carcass. He up. He goes now. Later, and there are other parts of the story, but the part I want to get to is this. He falls in love with Delilah. Anybody named Delilah, you need to watch out. I hope that ain't you. <laughs> this is the Alpha and Omega sermon, but anyhow, I'll give it the best. She is a Philistine. She has been contracted by the Philistines to find Samson's strength where he is vulnerable. And once you find that out, Delilah, we're going to pay you big and have him killed. The devil don't like you. The devil don't like you. She's a forbidden from Samson. She's an enemy. And, and with haste, Samson is put to sleep on 
her lap while she puts her hand through her, his hair. I don't think I'll have that problem. <laughs> and Delilah wants to earn her cash. She don't love Samson. She's supposed to act like it. Isn't that just like the way of the world and the flesh and the devil? They don't care about your family. They don't care about your marriage. They don't care about your health. They don't care about your future. Let me just find you a place where I can lure you. And then you bite the bait or take, and I'll kill you. Samson, she says, prior to his falling asleep on her lap, tell me the secret of your strength. And he says, if you bind me with ropes that have not been used, then I will be like a normal man and I will be vulnerable. She calls in while he sleeps. She calls in the Philistines that bind him with new rope. And then she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the Bible said he got up and he broke the rope and killed the Philistines. They ran. Here's something else. Uh, so she said, you don't love me. <laughs> you ever heard that? Because if you love me, you would tell me the secret of your strength, darling. She, she seduces him. He lays on her lap. Before he falls asleep, he says, you know what? You can, you can bind me with uh, uh, vines, fresh vines that have not, not been used for anything. And when you bind me with that, I, I'm no good. She has him bound to you. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he wakes up, tears him apart, goes his way. He says, um, I can't live like this, darling. And he should say, I can't either. This time she says, and, and I'm skipping one or two, okay? He says, if you, if you shave my head, isn't that one of the Nazarite? If you shave my head, I've lost my strength. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Let me hasten to tell you that she seduced him one more time and caused him to fall asleep and she called in the right uh, authorities of the Philistines and after she had shaved his head, they came in and uh, they, she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He got up, he shook himself, but there was nothing. Nothing. And the Bible says he wished that the spirit of the Lord was on him like prior time. God says, I give you one chance, two chance, three chance, four chance. And if I don't judge you, then the folks that I have judged before, I'm going to have to let go. Let, let, let me say this to you. They took Samson. They plucked out his eyes and they put him in a mill to grind grain or whatever they had. Because he thought he was wise, more superior. God would look out and above him and God would look the other way. God doesn't look the other way. You see, uh, we can stretch for the good or we can stretch for the bad. 
The devil would like to stretch you, and God would like to stretch you the devil way you don't want. Here, let, let me give you this, please. Uh, number five, spiritual stretch number five. Fear the Lord and shun evil. I tell you that when you put yourself in the place where you want God to stretch you, temptation is going to come from all directions. Yeah. If, if, if you uh, put yourself, God, I want to be more spiritual, more godly, live pure. I want to have a better family. I want to have a better, uh, a healthier body. You put yourself in the place and you make yourself to become disciplined for all that. And the devil finds out, he's coming to your house. You, you remember Joseph in the scriptures, right? And I, I lift up Joseph because it's a point where he fears the Lord and shuns evil. Uh, don't need to tell his whole story, but I need to tell you that he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He being the youngest of 12 sons. Because of the jealousy they had for him, they wanted to kill him, but God raised up one of his brothers to rescue him from death. But as a result of selling him, he ended up in Egypt in the home of one of Pharaoh's high-ranking military officer by the name of Potiphar. And so upon being in that home, when God is trying to stretch you and you are available for it, you're going to have some devil attacks. But if God is trying to stretch you and you have some devil attacks, he's going to get to you before the devil does. And so, in the home of Potiphar, high-ranking military guy, God blessed Joseph, an Egyptian slave boy. God so blessed Joseph until Potiphar, the man of the house, says, Joseph, you can have everything in this house under your care except my family. I trust you with my furnishings, I trust you with my money, I trust you with my land, I trust you with my produce and my livestock. Because you've proven yourself. And then on one occasion, Potiphar took a journey out of town. And Mrs. Potiphar set eyes on Joseph. The Bible said she looked on him and he was very attractive, handsome, comely. And on one occasion where all the other servants and attendants were out of the house, she said to him, come and be intimate with me. And Joseph resisted it. And so, oh boy, fear, fear God and shun evil. Is that where I am? Uh, the devil don't, you don't give up after one invitation. Don't give any room to the devil. 
Don't even invite him. Uh, and so uh, what happens is because Joseph resisted, she felt like he was a better target. So she targeted him. And when nobody else was in the house, after he rejected her on several occasions, she grabbed him by the sleeve of his coat and she says, come and lie with me. Fear God and shun evil. He says, I'm going to leave this coat in your hand because I'd rather you have my coat than my integrity. <laughs> you didn't hear what I said. I'd rather you have my coat than my anointing. Oh, somebody. And he ran for his life. I don't know who you are, but you better start running now. Run to the east, run to the west, run to the north, and tell the devil you are not about to have me. I done woke up five of you. Fifty of you. Now that I'm not near my notes, I guess I'll have to make up the rest. Shun evil. If you want to be stretched, I don't care if you're the only one there and it's evil. Run. I don't care if it comes on the cell phone or the internet, or the email. I, I don't care if you say it won't hurt me once. Facebook or fake book. Anyone you want to call it. Run. You know, if you, if you do what is right, God, God's going to take care of the rest. If you do what is clean and I'm not doing it for Craig. I'm not doing it for Patty. I love Craig and Patty, but I'm doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph didn't say, well, I'll do it, you know, and God looked, and he said, God's been too good to me. He brought me from a long ways, and I got some other ways to go, and I intend to make it to the end. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and I don't want you to think I'm conceited or pompous or whatever else you want to think. I, I've been pastoring this church for almost 33 years. Let me tell you this. I haven't ever told this before. Except for the first service, now you're the second. In 33 years of pastoring this church, to the best of my knowledge, I haven't stolen a penny from this church. I know that I'm not the most attractive man in the world except to Valerie. Can I get a witness, Valerie? But listen to this. I have never touched another woman inappropriately. And I did it correctly. In other words, I did. I, I haven't. And I'm, I'm saying all that. Not. I'm telling that to you. Because if you shun evil, God's going to take you 33 years, and 34 years, and 35 years. Now, I, uh, I've had 
my temptations. And I've never shot anybody, but I have wanted to. <laughs> what, what journey are you on? What journey are you on today? Being stretched? Don't lay on the lap of Delilah. Don't go near the house of Mrs. Potiphar. The Bible says the temptation going to come, but there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will make a way escape, and he's, he, you will be able to bear it. It's not God's job to tempt you. It's God's job to deliver you. And if he tempts you, he's already got the way out for you. Yeah. Let, let, let me say this. Come to the music, if you will. Uh, shoot, that's point number what, two? Of the, yeah, okay, okay. How many of you have uh, Martin Luther King, A Wonderful Day Tomorrow? You have it all? Do you have it all? Good. We're going to preach a little longer whether you have it off or not. <laughs> God's not finished with you. You hear me? I don't know what you're in. But God can reach down there in the pit where Joseph was, and every one of us have been in a pit and fill you up, pick you up. Pastor, I, I'm in a deep place. God is deeper still. I, uh, I don't feel to preach the last point. I did it the other service. But I, I don't feel to. I don't think God wants me to, to go there. Hey, uh, Pastor Tim, I want to change the mood of this church. I don't want to have a mood of, well, I better say that. The, the mainline churches, they're good churches, but I want you to do what you did in the first service. Bring out the group who sings with you. Or have they going home? No, they're here. Oh, bring them out, bring them out. Everybody, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know this. Before you leave, I want you to know that God's not finished stretching you. And when God stretches you, he doesn't intend for your rubber band to bust. When God stretches you, he makes more room and more room and more room. Stand up, somebody. Go ahead, whenever you're ready. Stand up, everybody. Well, I went to the enemy's camp And I took back what he stole from me Yes, I took back what he stole from me Come on, clap your hands. I took back what he stole from me Well, I went to the enemy's camp And I took back what he stole from me He's under my feet, he's under my feet He's under my feet He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under Everybody, my feet. Everybody, here we go. When I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Yes, I took back. 
got the second half, but l- listen to this. I uh, went last night with my wife, Valerie, who has presently left my presence. We went to a 70th birthday anniversary of a precious lady from Nigeria. Her husband was my professor in the school. They started their music. Some of that, some of you African-American white folk and Indian, take us there. Whatever you want. Yeah, come on. Help me out. <laughs> yeah, Hispanics too. Come on. Here we go. Come on, smile a little bit.
I want you right now to tell the Lord what you want back. All of that is what I want back. Oh God, I'm entering now the place of your power because I don't want to go in the camp without you. I can't defeat the devil without you going ahead of me. So God, I'm going now to take it back. Everybody say, take it back. Lord, in Jesus' name, I will not be the tail. I will not be under the, the de- I won't be under the devil's feet. I'll be over the devil's head. God, I will have my joy. I will have my life. I will have my health. I will have peace right now. Oh, mama. Hold on just a minute. Hold on just a minute. Hey, I told you a minute ago, God's not done with you. Did, did you hear me? My situation is hopeless, Pastor. You don't know. I don't have to know. I'm just telling you, you didn't show up in this house to warm a chair. Did you hear what I said? You didn't show up in this house because you got some some kind of spiritual responsibility. God knew what chair you'd been in. He knew where you'd sit down. He ain't finished with you. Now, here's that kind of quirky side of me. Sometimes quirky works. Some of you are praising God like you had pancakes and syrup with honey for breakfast. Some of you are praising God like you had lemonade with no sugar. You need to leave that camp. You need to come out of your corner. If if you don't put nothing in it, you I'm finished with that quirky now, having lost a hundred friends, but are you all ready for another stir of the spirit? Let's leave here rejoicing. Come on. Don't leave yet, but when we do, come on, let's do it. Well, I went to the enemy's camp. Everybody. And I took back what he stole from me.